prosecution outlined how accounting practices what fuck? What? did not What kind of likeness is that? If they were great artists, they'd be in a museum. I'm fucking fodder for cartoonists now. that metallica song for mission impossible 2 welcome back to the show <laughs> gutter boys episode 69 nice nice uh gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the highs and the lows and the in oh fuck i always fuck this up uh leave this in gutter boys is a small press comics podcast about the ins the outs the highs and the very deep endless lows of making comics I'm your host, JB, with my co-host, Cam. On today's very special episode, we are joined with friends of the show, Mark Kopinarov and Greg. Actually, I think I mentioned Petra. his fake last name as fake, and it's not. It's Petre. Petre, yeah. Or, or Peter, or, you know, whichever. Yeah. Guys, we have to reiterate, there's, like, conspiracy theories that, like, fake is not a real person. This was kind of the podcast from hell, and uh, what I mean oh, by man. that is uh, we tried to record this motherfucker so many times. Uh, the first time fake was involved, and uh, it sounded like he was in, like, a metal container that was just drifting away in the ocean the entire time. So he's a real person. We talked to him. Yeah. Um, he was uh, he was recording live from one of his many Mexican castles. Yeah. <laughs> None of this sounds real, and no one's no, going to believe this. It but it's but so <laughs> real. <laughs> it is literally a castle. Uh, and it was so echoey from the uh, concrete, I think, that uh, he, he had to go outside, and then he which lost was signal. then just covered by birds and bugs. Uh, but I mean, at least we could hear him clearly at that point uh but we had so many yeah like cam said so many technical issues on this one i don't even know if i'm in this episode because my internet dropped halfway through so you're in it for the first quarter of the okay. episode <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> yeah and, i couldn't record uh, the uh sorry folks uh, uh i'm sure jb did a bang up job though i'm trying man it, <laughs> it's definitely been a pain to piece together some of the <laughs> nonsense i did cut out certain things one thing I'm, I'm wishing i kept but i know you didn't want it in there so i took it out <laughs> i i thought that joke landed but that's fine yeah that's fine okay but yeah after all those trials and tribulations we managed to get it done for the most part uh it's a pretty good episode it kind of goes all over the place uh you know one minute we're talking about genitals uh, the next we're talking about compensation in comics. It, it's kind of printing on newsprint. <laughs> yeah, it tracks in terms of the tone of the show. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll say that much. Yeah, hell yeah. It really took us like, I feel like two or three tries to even get this, though. I think more than that. Yeah. Honestly. 
Like I'm no, I'm not even joking. Like we would lose seven. files, and then people yeah. wouldn't be recording the entire time. It really was the episode. Yeah, from also, hell. another thing: if you work for that podcast website, Cast, you guys try really cast. need to fucking try Cast. Yeah, yeah, more like try harder because uh-huh. that shit sucks. Yes. Thanks for the free trial. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the free trial. I will not be returning for your services. Uh, what a fucking joke of a website. Yeah. Try.cast or whatever. Don't don't go to them. Don't go to them. Yeah, no, fucking awful. Yeah. Actually, all of those fucking podcast websites suck now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is off topic, but I want our listeners to do this. Uh, there was a singer named Baby Huey back in like the 60s and 70s. You know this guy? Yeah, man. We used to hang out. Okay, well, you probably didn't because he died at like 26 of a heroin overdose. But um, yeah, it was tight. Hell yeah! But the reason why I bring this up, everybody, look up Baby Huey, and then the album is called The Baby Huey Story: The Living Legend. The reason why I'm saying look this up is because this is motherfucking Ramon on the front cover. This motherfucker <laughs> looks yeah, I saw that just like Ramon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners out there, look up this record cover: ba- The Baby Huey Story: The Living Legend. That's all I wanted to say about that. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I see that because uh, I don't really check the Gutter Boys Twitter account ever. Oh, I was getting into some shit with Mr. Ads and a bunch oh, of I DC know. people. Yeah. I know. I saw in the chat and uh-huh. Artyom, fucking Russian psyop, worked you into a shoot. Look, they just tell and- me to post a lot of things. <laughs> and managed and- to get you to fucking post about Mitch Gerard. <laughs> Yeah, he made the he made the uh, the image, folks, and I posted it because he said that he was too high profile to do it. And I was just uh, like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like, what the fuck do we care? And then I just ended up arguing with people. I actually, I'm not going to lie. Uh, this is like some coward shit. But I turned off the notifications because just the mainstream comics crowd is so insufferable. And then, like, I was arguing with one dude and I was like, I'm going to argue with all these people because it's fun to me. And that's not healthy. So uh, I muted the notifications so I wouldn't be arguing on our account. See, if you if you had come to me before posting. Posting this, I could have just warned you mm-hmm. and told you that that particular audience that Mitch Gerard has yeah, are so insufferable that they will just swarm you. Yeah, it wasn't even that I couldn't handle it. It's just that I literally knew I would argue with all of these people, so I turned off the notifications. So I exactly because I knew I would be wasting time in, <laughs> with these people. Infinity spawn points. <laughs> they just fucking keep showing up. So that's why I would have said, yeah, don't fall for Artyom's bullshit. Yeah, do not post that. Mm-hmm. Tell that mm-hmm. coward to fucking nut up and do it himself (laughs) yeah yeah this is true i feel like he you know after all the nft stuff i I feel like artyom has lost his bite Mm -hmm. damn you know that mm -hmm was me just like you know nodding along i'm not necessarily agreeing (laughs) i want to hear what you have to say Yeah, he he really uh, lost. Uh, I guess lost his spirit bite. died with that first account. I think so. I really do. <laughs> but yeah, fight your own battles, Arium. Yeah, go go take on bitch Gerard yourself. We're yeah, good. Um, but you know, I will say that like that shit is just funny as fuck to me. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. He was comparing himself to Norman Rockwell. For yes, one. yeah, with and, a straight face, like completely serious. Well, and it's crazy how like there's a difference between reference photos and just like absolutely tracing over photo and uh, it's crazy how many like mainstream comics dudes were like yeah this is what we do this is cool and i was like wow like i don't know man people yeah i mean most people do it because of time restraints which i understand like i guess you're a higher hand like i don't know no i mean i get it like i said like you are being paid to do a job that's it 
I'm sure there are some artists out there that are big enough marks to think that they're invested in these projects beyond that. But from where I stand, I can see it just as your hired hand. You try to get this done as quickly as possible. One, because it's embarrassing. And two, because editors have absurd timelines that you have to work with. So, you know, if you need to get 48 pages done within two weeks, how else are you supposed to get that done other than tracing the majority of it? Well, and, you know, I totally get that. But also, like, in this case specifically, Bitch Gerard's, like, his shit looks like literally there, it's a photo and that you put an Instagram filter over it. Oh, no, he's... Like, his he's, shit is real bad. Like, some no, people do it and yeah, it's like, I you know, know, but he's bad. He's... He, I like to call him neoliberal Greg Land. That's all he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's like fucking... Whatever, whatever, dude. Whatever pays the bills, I understand. Right, right. Go but do your thing. Won an Eisner off that shit, which is crazy to me, but, you know... Yeah, that's because the Eisners are a joke. Yeah, I know, dude. <laughs> We've talked about that. It is, but, like, <laughs> I guess... Like, about that. In my head, though, I'm just like, man, like we should be held to a higher standard. Like in my head, I, no. I truly believe that. No, this is what comics deserve. Yeah, I guess Honestly, you're right. This is this is the fucking doldrums that this industry fucking deserves. And I, for one, am all for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, speaking of NFT adjacent shit, we got to talk a little bit about uh, Box Brown. Shout out Box Brown. Box Brown and uh, Gumroad had a falling out where essentially Box didn't want to do NFTs. Gumroad did want to do NFTs. Uh, their relationship became strained. Box used to work for them. He no longer does. It got a little messy on Twitter. Well, one thing that you have to bring up is the fact that the owner of Gumroad started posting all of his hot takes on the Gumroad account and then immediately deleted all of them and then went to his main account and basically copy and pasted the same things he said. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. But... Uh, so are those tweets still up or do you delete them from the personal? I don't know. Maybe they're still up. I'm not really sure. I didn't really bother to check after I saw them and laughed. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. My man really got uh, a little sloppy on the internet today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, but, you know, Box isn't working there anymore. Uh, you know, morals and all that. Shout out Box. Now, look, uh, <laughs> I did see like, all right, don't get me wrong. Gumroad's in the wrong here. But like this shit made me laugh, bro. Uh, somebody wrote like uh, in response to one of the tweets tweets like i never supported gumroad and never will after this and then gumroad replied and wrote according to the email address in your bio you supported us like on this day (laughs) yeah they started he started going through their archive of emails and doxing people (laughs) damn that move or some move man i mean if you're going down in a blaze of glory (laughs) you know yeah 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 to their credit to their credit if you're gonna go down at least he went out in style. Yeah, At least yeah. he went all out. <laughs> he knew that ship was sinking and he just did not give a fuck. Right. I, I think like, you know, like I said, I don't really condone the behavior on the Gumroad that's, guy. That's but it like was the captain on the Titanic just, just getting buck ass naked and helicoptering his dick. Yep. While the band plays on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Salute. Um, yeah. <laughs> Salute to a soldier. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, no, I mean, I don't really, we don't really condone that shit, but like, it was funny to be like, oh, really? Because according to our records, you did support, like, damn, just damn. Yeah, this motherfucker did homework to dunk yeah. on people. Yeah. <laughs> kind of rocks. Uh, <sighs> anything you got to add on that? Uh, no, I mean, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I also didn't know what Gumroad was until I saw this. I only knew what Gumroad was because I had to buy Charles Forsman comics off of there in like 2016. 
what is it exactly? It's, it's like a, a go ahead. Is it a shop? Or it, yeah, it is. Like it's like a shop and they offer like, you know, you can set like limits. So it's like, you know, if you pay zero dollars zero to five dollars, you get this digital comic. If you pay ten dollars, you get a physical comic. And like it would it was kind of tiered like Patreon, you know, but like okay. you could select what you wanted. And some of it was pay as much as you wanted. Some of it was it was all dictated by the creator. Okay. But yeah, no, I mean I only know it from, you know, people using the platform in the past. I don't really recall it being like super special or anything. I never used it, but as far as like, you know, it didn't suck. It wasn't like anything awesome. Like being a consumer on it yeah well uh i, I hope their nft collection goes well i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> you know what rhymes with gumroad come uh, load <laughs> i was gonna say chumbo chumbo or, uh, yeah yeah yo uh i heard you uh what jill was talking to uh alicia earlier i heard you tried the kfc uh, vegetarian chicken did you like oh, it? we did more than try okay jill has made us get it I'm not even joking, like, 12 times within the last three weeks. Ah. It's gotten to the point now where, like, if I have to eat another KFC menu item in the next, like, month, mm-hmm. I might fucking lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's good. It's it's really, you know, not bad. I don't know. The shape is weird. The fact that they made them all uniform squares is kind of strange. Why? I, I right. don't really yeah, why understand did you do that? what the decision of that was or the reasoning behind that decision. But other than that, yeah, they taste fine. I, I don't know. Okay. Hell yeah. Is it uh, a realistic chicken uh, texture, taste, flavor or not? Nah? Yes and no. You know, usually yes. And then every once in a while you would get like a super rubbery bite. That mm-hmm. was weird. And that might have just been from overcooking. So okay. I don't I don't really know. But yeah, for the most part, it's it's all right. Okay. Final question. Are they frying it in the same uh, chicken oil? Oh, probably. Okay. That's probably why it tastes fire. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't doubt that considering, you know, the company. Yeah, yeah. And they're not going to go out of their way. They're not going to, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. They're not going to like lose any chance of cutting into their profits if it means having to run a second fryer. Right. So no, I, I don't think they cook them separately. Okay. I don't know this for sure. Obviously, I don't work for KFC. Right. I don't, you know. But yeah. So hey, listeners, if you work at KFC and you've been making these, uh, send us a DM and let us know. Are they using the same fryers? Yeah. My money is yes. Yeah, I'm going to assume yes. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we return, we will be joined with Mark Kopernarov and Greg Peter, Petre, Petre. And you just have to believe us, fake is a real person, we talked to him. This is not some Jim Rugg, whatever his writer alias shit was, that was actually him. Fake is a real person. Take our word for it. All right, so stick around. We'll be right back. Tired of the same old comics? Why not try Clusterfucks Comics instead? Clusterfucks Comics is a black and white anthology comic zine featuring some of the best underground comics creators today. Creators like Adam Yeter, Brian Judge, Isaac Roller, Cameron Zavala, Miguel Aguilar, Dylan Henty, Jared Cody Wolf, Paparotti, Umberto Tanella, Matthew Grant, and so many more. You haven't heard of any of those people? Well, fuck you! Grab a copy and discover their amazingness today, you uncultured swine. The first three issues are available now, with the fourth issue debuting in April. So go grab your copy today at camiscomiccorner.com slash comics with an X, or follow them on Instagram at clusterfuckscomics. Clusterfuckscomics, comics you can clusterfucks with. Comics you can cluster fucks with. 
The Last Aviatrix is a post-nuclear adventure comic by independent Los Angeles-based cartoonist Buster Cagle. The story follows Summer, our last aviatrix, who pilots the sole surviving airplane, a nuclear-powered B-29, as she travels the ruined world finding ways to survive and help humanity while dealing with the eminent threat of the Atomborn, a rare breed of atomic wizards that want to see her out of the sky. Her mission becomes complicated when she accidentally picks up Henry, an Atomborn child who wields incredible power, and Clementine, a berserker on a quest for vengeance. Can our aviatrix survive this ruined and irradiated waste Land? Every issue can be read for free on BusterCagle.com slash comics. Paper copies can be ordered as well, but, you know, you can still read it for free. If you like Wizards or Warplanes, go check it out. Soggy Landing. Soggy Landing is a tropical island destination full of magic and adventure. Soggy Landing. Soggy Landings Parlors serve the grog of your dreams. So soggy, so strong. Soggy Landings Board of Tourism warns, Wizards not welcome. Any wizards will be summarily executed. No warlocks either. Soggy Landings Punch and Judy show you the part when Miss Piggy and Kermit fall. What in the world? Soggy Landing is a webcomic that you can read at studygroupcomics.com. Come to Soggy Landing. There's There's plenty plenty to do in the rain. Rust Belt Review is a quarterly comics lit magazine featuring serialized and short form comics from some of the most exciting cartoonists in the small press scene today. Volume 1 features work from Gutter alums, M.S. Harkness, Audra Stang, and Caleb Arecchio, along with work by Andrew Greenstone, Sean Knickerbocker, and Juan Jose Fernandez. You can order your copy of Rust Belt Review today by going to rustbeltreview.org. Enter in promo code GUTTER to receive two bucks off your order. Again, that website is rustbeltreview.org. Promo code GUTTER. One day, while combing the beach, Ambar and Alana discovered a pair of beautiful medallions. What happened next changed their lives forever. The Santos Sisters will have you laughing from cover to cover as they fight crime, date dumb dudes, and just deal with everyday life as young women in the world. Coming in at a whopping 56 pages. This comic is printed with a four-color web press on decadent newsprint. All that for just five bucks? The number one source for underground comics in Chicago, Quimby's, says this about our comic. A style that's part Archie, part superhero, part snark, but it's all fun. And we think that's just sick. The Santos Sisters is available now in select comic book stores and online at santosisters.com. Now, back to our program.
<laughs> yes, sir. We are on episode sixty-nine. Nice. The the great the greatest nice. episode of all time. Uh, uh, we're also joined by two of the hottest comic creators right now, as uh, as described by the recent <laughs> comics journal article. They are the creators of Santo Sisters, Beef Jams, Your Mom's Cunt, a couple of other great books. <laughs> Welcome to the show, uh, Mark Kopernarov and Greg Fake. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. you. You said my name so good. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Greg Fake slides <laughs> right off the tongue. Yeah. I this is literally the uh, like eleventh time we've tried to record this interview. Yeah, I feel like I'm going insane. Yeah, <laughs> this is what it feels like to slowly just lose your mind. <laughs> uh, but to add fuel to the speculation that Fake is not a real person, Fake was on one iteration of uh, this episode. It sounded like he was, you know, in like a metal box or something. But he can't join us right now. That said, is fake a real person? Um, I've heard a lot of rumors, and I think all the all the people that don't actually make comics but hang around on Twitter, fucking gapping about comics all day, <laughs> we're, we're saying that that he's not even real. That we hire some sort of actor that he's like a crisis actor, maybe even George Soros is bussing him in or something. Hell yeah, yeah, it's the kind of things I'm hearing, and I don't know where people are getting that. That's all they can talk about. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was the Orlando shooter. <laughs> God damn I'm like, it. I'm like 30% sure. I didn't. Only 30? Yeah, only 30. Only okay, 30. okay. Uh, but uh, getting back to uh, what really matters, uh, sex positions. What's your favorite sex position? <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 69, so I mean, we can't let that go. Um, <laughs> We're going to milk that for all it's worth. So, uh, I'm I'm pretty nice. white. I just... I just uh, like plain old, plain old missionary. Missionary, uh, you know, missionary is uh, missionary is one of those undervalued winners. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like memes memes ruined missionary. They really did, but it's kind of great. I think you know? missionary had a bad rep before memes. To be maybe, to be fair, maybe maybe. But I'm just saying, it's not that bad. In fact, I would say it's pretty all right in my well, book. Well, I mean, you know, missionary's better than nothing. You know, I would so say missionary's like, better than others. Yeah, no, 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 totally. But I'm what's just the saying, worst? You know. Let's. Uh, oh, what's the worst? Yeah, that's the worst. Question. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Man, this one's a, a real uh, head scratcher. Yeah, yeah. Sex is like pizza, even when it's bad. <laughs> It's still pretty good, okay? There you go. There you go. Yeah, that, I think that, that hits the nail on the head. So, uh, we're good to go there. But no, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about your all's partnership. Mark, you're mainly a writer. You have experimented, uh, you know, with drawing uh, recently. But, uh, you know, the majority of the work that you've contributed in comics so far has been writing. And you've worked with these guys, Greg and Fake, for quite a while now. Um, how'd you all link up? We met at uh wizard world like 10 years ago they were doing these crazy cardboard paintings of would be like girls with really thick thighs and deadpool masks for some reason and they'd be they'd be saying things like suck and uh we thought that was the coolest shit ever and then my friend dave landsberger and i great writer 
thought, hey, we should make a comic. Who should we do it with? And uh, just naturally, the first people we thought of were, I mean, it was a weird idea. So we thought of Greg and Fake, who were the weirdest dudes we've ever met. Hmm. So let me ask you a question, because you mentioned uh, before during one of our uh, random interviews that uh, we tried to get through, Greg, that uh, you weren't doing comics at this point, and uh, Mark approached you, and Mark approaching you uh, is what got you into making comics, but why was it that you were trying to sell art at a comic show? What was the allure there? Uh, yeah, right. Um, Fake and I were just hanging out painting, and uh, we just started stockpiling paintings for whatever reason, and uh, I don't I don't think we were painting anything comic-related either. We were just doing original ideas. I don't even remember what they were, but uh, I really Bart don't. With I, big titties. Yeah, I, I really, I really don't remember. I think we went to uh, the Wizard World that year, whatever year it was, and um, we kind of looked around and we're like, ah, "Why don't we get a table here? Try it out." And, and so, is this Wizard World Chicago? Yeah, yeah, it was Wizard World Chicago. So we just like made a big pile of comics, uh, not comics, uh, paintings on cardboard, and then. Uh, yeah, then then we did that for a few years, and we just kept at, at it. Like every every con that came came into town, we just bring our big pile of paintings, and I don't know, it was something to do. You were so- something. Were to you do. doing pretty well? Like, were you selling pretty well at these shows? At first, no, but we got kind of better at it, or more of a coherent style, I, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we we started uh, pandering a little bit to the comics audience, you know, like putting the girls in the in a Thor costume or whatever, Bart Simpson, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in a bikini. This is really stupid stuff, but people like it. <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned we, so obviously there's the partnership there of Greg and Fake. So what is the, uh, like, dynamic like there? Are you all, like, both splitting art duties? What's the creative partnership like there? Yeah, yeah, we would trade off. Fake would normally do the pencils. Um, it was like a four-step process. He would pencil them in. I would ink them. He would uh, flat the colors in with marker, and then I would uh, do the renderings with paint. What about now with the comics? Is it still somewhat similar? He's penciling your inking? No, no. Now now uh, Fake's writing. Fake's the okay. writer. We're, uh, I guess, co-creators or whatever, but um, Fake writes, and, and then I handle the art duties. The coveted uh, artist-to-writer pipeline. Yeah, I love it. It's called getting paid. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yes. More more dollars than followers. We like to say. So know. Mark, you're involved with the. We don't act. Mark, you're involved with writing Santos sisters. So are you uh, writing with fake, or are you writing your own stories and just sneaking some in here and there? Because the stories aren't credited in the book, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's. So most of them kind of start out with fake. I have been writing with him more. We do like writer's room meetings, like a sitcom. Uh, Like on the first one, I mostly just wrote some gags and like rewrote some stuff. Uh, Came in pretty late in the process on that one. But now that it's a success, (laughs) I want in and I'm doing more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Mark wrote 95%. Let's just let's just kind of, let's just. Did I mention that that writers are mostly grifters? Say that again. I'm sorry. Who, Who me? me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't hear your line. You said something about writers, Mark. Oh, me? Uh, yeah, I, I just said I, I mentioned already. Writers are fucking 
grifters, man. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But there are cool ones like you, Mark. You know, yeah, we've been yeah. we've been talking about you since day one. I feel like on this show uh, as being one of the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I specifically feel like you purposely waited sixty nine episodes to to talk to me. And I, I appreciate that so much. It is fate, I think. But it was like, you know, it wasn't planned, but it makes so much sense. Yeah, I think so. It's beautiful. Yeah. You're my favorite uh, snake oil salesman. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. I uh, I work hard at that. Someone's got to fucking do it, right? These comics don't write themselves. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, now, speaking of writing comics, obviously, uh, people may be familiar with uh, your previous work on Beef Jams. The tone is kind of shifted, obviously, mm-hmm. since it's a, sort of a, a different animal altogether. How would you compare writing, uh, you know, on Santos Sisters versus how you approached writing Beef Jams? Um, so, yeah, there are definitely completely different vibes, I guess, I would say. Yeah. I mean, there's a follow-through line through all of them in that, you know, there's a very particular sense of humor. But uh, I, I would say, yeah, the tone and whatnot is different. Yeah, one's dudes rock and then the other is kind of, yeah, just like- a, Girls rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah, girls rock. Yeah, I think Santos Sisters is, is a, a bit broader, whereas Beef Jams is like kind of like a buddy comedy. And I mean, it's about basketball mascots just horsing around. It's like the come town of comics. <laughs> nice. Hell yeah. <laughs> I would say like uh, mm, maybe to compare it to a TV show, Beef Jams is more eastbound and down, whereas uh, Santos Sisters is a, a little more, I don't Cheers. know. Cheers. Cheers. There you go. Yeah, we'll go with that. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Golden Girls. That's fair. You should have Ted Danson in your book. I think that would improve it quite a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I can't ever since uh ever since Ted Danson did blackface, I can't I can't fuck with him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that'd be more of a reason to have him in your book. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just have Ted Danson doing blackface in your comic <laughs> for no reason. Well, I guess if Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> said it was all right. Uh, there yeah. you go. That'll never pass the sensitivity readers. No, not these days. Never. Like, no joke, unironically, Sister Act is maybe, like, definitely in my top five. I've never seen it. Is it actually good? Uh, I don't know, but, like, when I moved to America, it was only VHS we had. (laughs) (laughs) I knew. In my my head, I was like, this is going to be some immigrant (laughs) shit. For sure. (laughs) Mark, can you do any lines? Can I do what? Can you do any lines from Sister Act? Um, It's actually been a while since I've seen it. Did you watch it so many times that, that, like, you can recite parts of it? Yeah, but when I was, like, 10. So, that's that's long since faded. But Mark learned English from Sister Act. It helped. It sure helped. (laughs) I talked like Harvey Keitel for a while. (laughs) Oh, that rocks. (laughs) Hell yeah. So, uh, let's get a little bit back on topic. The new-ish book, Santos Sisters, uh, there was a one-time printing of it. And I said ish because there was a first printing, but it's about to get reissued via Floating World. Is this a completely new edition or is this uh, just a new distribution deal with more to come? Um, it's a completely new printing, but it's the same thing. But yeah, we ran Second real printing, well on- guys. Yeah, well, I guess it's technically a second printing, but it'll be Isn't new it? to what? Technically and generally second <laughs> <laughs> all right well i guess we'll say it's a second printing but you should that sounds cool as fuck because it means that you sold out of the first one yep you should know man you're a grifter right yeah, a writer? Fuck, that's a good grift yeah <laughs> come on man all right so it's our third printing <laughs> <laughs> there you go um 
What the fuck was the question? Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember, dude. I was trying to set it up about uh, you taking it to Floating World, and is this a new? Oh, is this a new edition? <laughs> yeah. Will there be any differences between this? Yeah, like version uh, and, yeah, past pre- you know previous versions. No, nah, uh, same thing. Just uh, okay. yeah, new printing. Yeah. And what's with coming the- next? Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead, JB. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say with the Floating World comic logo on it, that's really the only that's the only difference, right? Yeah, there might be like a barcode. Uh, so if you already got it, okay, okay. Then, Sorry, go ahead, Kim. No, uh, Greg just did a. Uh, so there is a difference. What's up? What did I say unto? Uh, I don't remember. Sorry, short term. <laughs> <laughs> he said there was no difference, and you go, uh. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Um, well, you know, maybe a subtle difference. You know, I I always like that collecting comics as a kid, like the difference between first printing and second printing. Remember. Uh, sometimes you get like a silver, like instead of a white background, you'd have a silver background for the cover or oh, like yeah. second printing would have the UPC or sometimes the reverse. Remember uh, Spawn right. number two was like, um, if it had the UPC on the front, it was worth more. Right. So once this hits the wizard price we'll do something to make the first printing like more collectible. You know what I mean? I like that stuff. Of course. Hell okay. yeah. Okay. All right. One thing that I feel like people raved about was like the uh, feel of the book as a physical object. Are you all printing the same exact like paper stock using the same printer, et cetera? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I love that printer. Yeah. I feel like that is one thing that like kind of made it the whole package because it was printed like an old comic. It felt like an old comic, but it was a new comic. So, uh, you know, you definitely captured that mood that I think that you all were going for as a reader. And I think that you all knocked it out of the park. I mean, I'm sure you all get blown up all the time about, hey, where'd you print this? <laughs> yeah, a few times. Sure. Yeah. 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 It's it's crazy that we see so many people these days try to kind of capture that effect digitally or recreate it in, in such a laborious way when I just go offset print it and do it on newsprint and just do it how they used to and it'll look great yeah well i've I've done that too like try to capture the old all all the the bend-aid dots and registration errors and and stuff like that so you're intentionally setting up that shit well i mean like before this comic like however you printed kind of mess it up digitally so it looks like it was offset print and that there were registration errors, you know, like the cyan is like sticking out from behind the magenta and all that kind of stuff. Right. And and actually that caused prob- a little bit of a problem with this run because I did that on a couple of pages. And um, so I think I think I was giving the, the pressman like a like a headache because he's trying to get the registration right. But the file was actually kind of fucked up on purpose, you know. Yeah, so, like, you're, like, making him do his job wrong. <laughs> right. So it's probably just, like, fucking with him, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't want to yeah. piss off those guys, too. I saw those guys. You don't fuck with those guys. No, yeah. So th- so this next printing, I'm actually going over the pages again to make sure it goes a lot smoother. Because they, they work hard. They're, like, watching the machine run the whole time and making little tiny adjustments to make sure that all the plates are lining up and all that. So if I can make their job a little easier, I'd like to. Plus, it wastes a lot of paper. Yeah, and this is a local printer to Chicago, or where are you all printing these at? Uh, yeah, it's out in the suburbs. Yeah, Buffalo Grove. Hell yeah. So, uh, I can't remember what we've talked about like on this episode versus the other ones. It's all uh, blending together, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> JB, take over for a little bit. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right, so yeah, let's uh, talk a little bit more about Santos Sisters. Where did the idea come from for you know the, the initial idea for the story? How did you guys go about developing this thing? 
And uh, in terms of who was going to be doing what, was that pretty much just kind of, did that organically just kind of already happen or fall into place? Or, you know, how did all that work? Let's see. Fake came up with the Santa sisters. He came up with them and pitched it to me. Well, let's see. How did, the, how did this work? Tell I, the people how he came up with them. Where do you get your ideas? <laughs> Are they based yeah, no, on real they're, people? They're, there's a real story and, and this this isn't going in the show. There's a real show there's a real story and then there, there's like there's the way I'm about to tell it. It was a dark, stormy night. No. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start over. Take it you gonna take it easy on me? You guys gonna take it easy on me and, and, and edit this to make it beautiful? Thank you very much. No, yeah, this yeah. is all staying. So we sure. we can't tell the real story though? No, Mark. No, Mark. Maybe we'll we'll tell them offline, but no. Absolutely not. Okay, well, I like it. <laughs> it's too weird. It's too weird. It's too weird. Yeah, we'll tell you. Off. See, now we'll, you're just you're we'll building you it up here. too much we'll now, where we have to know. <laughs> uh, well, I guess, folks, yeah, you'll we, never we, know. We actually can't tell. We actually, we that, actually can't. Like le- legally, I don't know. That's why. Yeah, legally, we can't. <laughs> oh really. shit! Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, Santo sisters, like, um, you you know, there's the character of Madame Sosostris. Like, we already had her as a character. We have her as a character, like, a bunch of characters that just have been bouncing around with no stories of their own, you know? Do you ever, you guys ever do that? Just make up characters and, like, oh, have, yeah. have nothing yeah. to do with them? Yeah. And yep. So, I- initially, um, initially, I wasn't going to draw it. Fake and I were just brainstorming on these characters and on the stories and like what to do with them and stuff like that. We come up with them. We did all the concept art for them and we were originally going to hire a different artist to draw them. Cause um, I don't remember why, but I, th- I think fake was, didn't think I could, you know, I need, I need a sip of water. I, I can't tell the story. I just can't do it. I can't do it. Give me, give me some uh, softballs. I don't know. How do you come up with it? How do you come up with stories? I don't know. How do you draw? I don't know. Okay. What's your favorite pencil? Pencil? <laughs> I like uh, F. F's a good one. Okay. And what brand of eraser do you enjoy the most, and why? Uh, I like the the little pink ones that stick on the end of them. Oh, the classic one. Okay. Yeah. Gets too low, you just pop on a new one. Yeah, none of this bougie fucking kneaded eraser bullshit. <laughs> oh, those come in handy. You guys use those kneaded erasers? I used to. I use those little white cubes. A stad ladder, stad, I think, or something with an S. Statler? Statler, yeah, I've got one around here. They're cheap as shit, bro. Um, But I've got one around here somewhere. I'm looking through my desk right now trying to find it, but yeah. Yeah, 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 Statler, yeah. Those are the white ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, those are good. Nice. Do you you, uh, enjoy making spaghetti? Is this tur- How finely do you chop the garlic? Is this turning into a <laughs> well, Sopranos well, big, podcast finally? Big, biggest question Biggest question is, do you serve the spaghetti with the noodles and the sauce mixed already, or do you serve them separately? Oh, yeah. You, you slap the gravy right on. Uh, what about you, Greg? Uh, separately. I like to measure it myself. Yeah, uh. I do separate, but I end up mixing. The It starts as separate, then I mix it, but I like to put you know how much I want on there. I see. Yeah. Mark is the only one with the right answer, Hell so yeah. that's good. Slop it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Mark, let's talk about your genitals. Okay. <laughs> now, <laughs> at what point 
Like uh, roughly, what temperature point would you say when your bo- your your testicles descend from your abdomen? Uh, Fahrenheit or Celsius? Because you got to remember, I'm European. Uh, both, both. This is an international podcast. Oh, now. right, that's right. So you know, we got to cater to all the different kinds of listeners. Yeah, shout out to to be quote unquote politically correct. <laughs> shout out to all all our mates in the UK. <laughs> Uh, so I would say maybe at what point they we're 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 talking what point I'm I'm dropping down here or, yeah, or retracting yeah, yeah rough roughly no de- no no descending descending descent uh, yeah I guess we would start initial descent at somewhere around ninety two degrees I guess oh wow okay is that a lot no that's I mean that's pretty low I would I would figure your balls would descend you know at a very at, you know, higher body core temperature, but I don't know. Maybe you're built different. Yeah, no, I'm always fucking flopping. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Episode sixty nine, folks. It's a real thigh Hell slapper. Yeah. <laughs> the episode, I mean. <laughs> Cam's given up. He's just <sighs> dropped. <out> the <laughs> hey, you gave me the reins. This is yours. This is your fault. I'm just saying. At least we haven't said any slurs in a while, right? Yeah, it's only been like 20 minutes, so that's good. That might be a new record, actually. Let me write that down. Uh, anyway, yeah, so uh, for writing the story, what's that about? What's writing? Uh, what 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 are your plans with the story You know, going forward? Because obviously, issue two is in the works. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's other stuff planned out beyond that. What can you give us some hints about what's going on there? Um, it's probably yeah, just so going to be more of the. It's it's better. If Mark just talks. <laughs> <laughs> no, go ahead, Greg. Go. Well, I mean, I, come on, shoot from probably, the hip. Shoot from the hip. Come on, let's go. Go. Go now. Do it. Yeah. Do what do you it got, now. Greg? Go. You can do this, Greg. You got this. All right. Ready. <laughs> Woo! You can do it. Yeah. Oh, Greg. 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 See, but the yeah, crowd's ready. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's probably just more of the same. Just a little short, funny stories. That's about it. What do you yeah, think, we're, we're we're not looking to reinvent the fucking wheel here. Nah. Ah. Uh, okay, okay. No. So yeah, it'll be more of the same. Um. I mean, maybe we, in the future we'll do some like epic crossover events, but you know, for right now we're keeping yeah. That it actually uh, that's a that's a good point. That brings me to the next question: Is there any chance of the Santo Sisters world overlapping with the Beef Jams world? Um, oh, good question. Good question. I, yeah. I guess I wouldn't say I would say it isn't impossible. I could see, I could see where their uh, where their worlds would meet. Sure. Then we'll find out who, yeah. who rocks, dudes or girls, or the chicks, right? Yeah, chicks versus dudes. Yeah, it could be a basketball tournament. Oh, I, that's already happened, actually. Right? There's been a there's been a basketball game against genders. Uh, yeah, that story you did was kind of, I guess, uh, well, Beef Jam's paying reparations to. to <laughs> <laughs> To the uh, fair gender. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a very fun story to draw. And in fact, all of the stories that I've ever been handed to do uh, for you guys have always been very enjoyable oh, on my end. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, it's been fun writing for you and it's actually been super easy. But yeah, I mean, it's just a really fun book to write. If you're doing a book about like long haul truckers just fucking around and playing basketball and you're not having a good time then yeah you're just doing something wrong ain't that the truth brother hell yeah 
so has uh, writing Santo Sisters for you, has there been like a learning curve in terms of changing up how you approach the story? Um, no, for the most part, we just steal episodes almost verbatim from, uh, are you fam- familiar with the sitcom Mike and Molly? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's actually super easy. I, like, I, it's tough to watch the whole episode sometimes and like transcribe what happens and then change the names. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, it's not too bad. <laughs> I, I hope somebody just ends up watching a bunch of Mike and Molly to fucking try to catch us up. Uh, what about you, Greg? Do you have any personal favorite sitcoms? Uh, I'm going to speak for Greg and... I think he might have gotten kicked off. Just you and me, huh? <laughs> I think it's just you and me now. The last two. I knew, how, I knew it would end like this. Hell yeah. We're the strongest, so it only makes sense. Man, yeah, this this really turned out to <laughs> to be like a real battle of attrition. I, I'm telling you, there's some sort of like external force out there that does not want to have this episode finished. The I, like it's just out of my peripherals. I'm seeing the group chat just fucking lighting up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cam got kicked off. And now Greg's off. Hmm. This is this is a real shit show, which is fitting for episode sixty nine. Yeah, our seventh take, I believe. Yeah. I mean, this is it. We're not doing it again. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I guess whatever whatever we get, we get. Hope, uh, yeah. hope everybody's learned a lot about the Santo sisters and about <laughs> writing comics and about drawing comics and about what fucking printer to use <laughs> when you want your comics to look a certain way. Uh, now, since Greg isn't here to tell us the story, can you tell us the story about Santo Sisters, sort of how that came about? Um, so, Fake, if he even exists, mm-hmm. came up with an idea. <laughs> Legally, I can't say the whole origin, but he had this idea about these two sisters, um, and basically, I don't know, I think as, as far as he thought of it was that they fight crime and thought of their personalities and started putting them in situations and mixing characters in. He had kind of skeletons for scripts with kind of mostly everything plotted out, and he would hand the scripts off to me, and I would kind of fine-tune things and mostly just uh, fill in gags and stuff and jokes, because... Uh, I know how the kids talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know all the sl- yes. I know all the slangs. Yeah. <laughs> out of out of all the people that make up uh, the Santo Sisters creative team, you're you're the most uh, with it, quote unquote. Yeah, I'm the young hip one. Gotcha. Oh, if, if we're I, like if if this is a boy band, I think I'm. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're the cool one, right? Joey Fatone. Right. No, he's the yes. he's not the okay. he's the he's the he, cool one. Is he? I, I thought he was the old one. I thought he's pretty cool. You know, you can be both. Yeah, you can be both. It's fine. I guess if you say so. Yeah, Joey. Fidel. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like what we talked about in the last four different versions of this episode, and like I'm I'm blanking on what, <laughs> what we even <laughs> talked about because I know it was good. I just I can't fucking remember uh, it for the life of me. Well, it's through three of them we struggle to explain what Santo Sisters <laughs> is yeah, and yeah, what yeah. it's right. about. Yeah, you, <laughs> right. you haven't and asked us. You haven't asked us how how we came up with the Santa Sisters yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
Because <laughs> I got I I can explain it very eloquently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll just be one long censored beep. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess uh, you know when people come up to you at a show or you're talking to someone at an event. Or I guess online now since oh, yeah. COVID, but uh, you know when they're asking you what what is Santos Sisters? What is this comic yeah. really about? Well, yeah. That, how do you? Yeah. How do you sorry. describe it? Sorry, that's a that's the thing. Like we're we've, we're all terrible at the at the pitch. You know. Yeah. The, what's the elevator pitch? The elevator pitch. One? Like we're terrible at it. You ask. Oh, okay. You, you ask any one of us. Like well, what, this, they'll, what they'll, was they'll the start pit? yammering on, and then as soon as the the other fellow leaves, we're like. Yeah, answer was that basically don't come up to us at cons. It's a fucking <laughs> what, what terrible was, idea. What was the what was the uh, sales pitch to Floating World? How did you guys get them to bite? Oh, I just mailed them a copy of the comic. Yeah. Oh, so you just let the comic do the talking? Yeah, yeah. we printed we printed it before before send. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So at cons, it's like people see it and they go, oh, "What's this about?" And I don't know. Fucking flip through it. Yeah, fucking fucking read it, bro. <laughs> read Lazy motherfuckers. Thing. Do you, do you do the thing where you have like a con copy for the table and then like copies, you know, for customers mm. or do you just, it doesn't matter. No, we, just we scatter them like all over the table. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This we, last we do, show, we do we terrible. To- at, we do terrible at cons. Nobody buys anything. Well, I, I could see why you would do terrible at like a big superhero, you know, comic con type show, you know, like that audience in general is not really keen on on like original ideas or comics uh or, <laughs> right, 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 right. you know any of that shit really but uh, oh yeah speaking of cons you guys did table at c2e2 right this this past year that's yeah. what i'm saying then cool then show yeah. I, I got covid we didn't sell anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, that was the thing too because i've kind of figured you know what with the pandemic that if any show that is going on the attendance is going to be what like a quarter of what it normally would be maybe um yeah it definitely felt diminished because it was i think one of the first shows back um i think they did a good job of organizing and everything and you know for what it is i think it's a great show but like you said it's not really the place people go for anything that's really unfamiliar people really just want to you know buy prints of the punisher wearing a chicago cubs hat or something and yeah i don't know people spend like i don't know 60 80 dollars to get into this thing and then you've got i don't know limited funds to spend on whatever you're into and it's usually some marvel movie or something that is culturally better known people don't really take chances on small press books at a thing like that yeah i mean i think the target demographic for those shows are not comic readers in the first place no, you know, it's, they're it's just pop culture in general. Yeah, and I mean, you you do meet some cool people at those things, and yeah, the, yo, the yeah, people yeah, yeah. that are your people really hone in on you, and that's always cool and rewarding. But as far as just like the masses and thinking like, oh, maybe I'll you know make a buck and gain some readers, doesn't really always pan out that way at a show like that. So if you're a small press person, just just getting into this and and listening to this, yeah, maybe start out at some small press shows, zine fests, things like that, because people go there to, you know, actually buy things like we're making. So yeah, I think that's kind of a better place to interact with people. And yeah, it can be really discouraging, you know, like to sit there all day and not sell anything. It's not a good measure of 
how good your book is. It's good people watching, though. And, like, Greg oh, bought, yeah. brought a chess set and played people in chess. They seem to like that more so than the comic. People would just lean on our fucking comics to <laughs> play chess with Greg. <laughs> just lean right over the whole table. Just, like, put an elbow on a, a stack yeah. of Santo sisters. Oh, and- my God. We didn't, we didn't get any of those guys that were rearranging their backpacks on our table this year, though. You ever see those guys, JB? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guys that are just like going, they're sifting through their long boxes that they have. Yeah. Uh, or their, you know, what is that? Like their little airline luggage thing that they carry with all their autographs yeah. and whatnot. Those yeah. those are the coolest. And then, yeah. yeah. And then while they're sorting through their stuff, just standing in the middle of the aisle while people are trying to get past them and just leaving, just putting their shit on your table. Yeah. Uh, my favorite are the people that are so serious about the whole thing that they have like the backing board of the comic, the, like the sleeve has a hole cut out for somebody to like sign it so that you don't have to take it out of the bag and oh, board. Oh, I it. saw that. Yeah, yeah. That's some intense shit. That's dedication. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Hardcore. I, I mean, I, I'd imagine also that's a lot of like resellers, right? Mm-hmm. Like people flipping that stuff online. Yeah. You would think if you're just- trading for other stuff, you know, collectors. Yeah. Just right. If you need yeah, it yeah. that pristine, I guess. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not in it to read it probably. Yeah. I mean, I think the dead giveaway is when your comics are in better condition than the clothes that you're actively wearing (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, your bathing status at that point. (laughs) That's that's usually a red flag. Yeah, let's just say some of those uh, sweatpants aren't in mint condition. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, very fair would be giving, I would say, at that point. Uh, That's a VF (laughs) for all you comic fans. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'd imagine doing those shows now, especially, you're you're diminishing even more so the type of readers that would potentially be interested in picking up your book in the first place at, at those types of shows. Because I feel like the people that are going to those shows that actually do want to read new comics or are interested in the medium in general, with the pandemic going on, they're not going to fucking risk <laughs> getting some kind of virus just so that they can wait in line for two hours. I, I just don't see that happening. No, I mean, and I guess people who kind of read comics like we make, for the most part, I think since the pandemic started, have been doing a lot of their buying online. And yes, very much so. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been really great for us. Uh, I mean, we've been selling Santo Sisters all over the world already, and yeah, the, the internet's been real good to us. Just sold, sold yeah. one to a guy in Spain. What's up, Carlos? Oh. Shout out, Carlos. Hola, Carlos. Muy bien. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a point that's been coming up with our past guests, you know, how two years into this, a lot of concern was we can't do shows anymore, but then online sales jumped up with numbers, which is great. You know, a lot of cartoonists are able to sell their books directly to people online and, and you know, still get their work out there and, and make a few bucks here and there. So that's pretty promising. It's not like they're making tons and tons of money. You know, we're not talking Scrooge McDuck types of money, but uh, they're doing okay for the most part, which is good to see. It's reassuring. Well, I think uh, industry-wide, the pandemic has had some like really interesting ramifications um like for example us being listed in the dime catalog i mean obviously we're with floating world who's you know really established been putting out great stuff for years but uh if you flip through the diamond catalog now since dc is no longer a part of it and a lot of space is freed up i think it's opened up a lot of space for smaller press publishers and books to get in there and kind of get a wider audience 
at comic shops where, you know, otherwise you would kind of have to cold call and try and self-distribute. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. All right. I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but there's always been this kind of air of mystery around the Greg and Faye candle, right? Like that's something that so many people are either confused about or are curious to learn more about. Greg, do you want to shed light on that or no? That's, I mean, it's not too huge a mystery. Fake and I have been friends for a long time. We've been friends since uh, art class in high school. He is a real person. I don't know what is there to say. Pretty chill. He's a nice guy. We're not. We're not. We're we're not like trying to like mysterious. Yeah, I guess we're weird and everything. Like, well, I think I. Well, you know, going by one pseudonym for two people, I think that's what causes some of the confusion. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. If like one guy doing it, it's not so weird. But like half a team doing it, it's like what's Right. What's going on with that? <laughs> and, you know, like you said, the roles change in terms of what you guys are doing. Yeah, I guess that's true. I was kind of surprised that, like, Vic was able to come out with these writing skills. Uh, is that something you would ever be interested in doing, writing more? Me? No. 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 I mean, I, I appreciate the craft of it, and occasionally I put on an editor's hat and, and I'll swap out a few lines. Right. But, like, plotting and outlines and all that stuff. I, I don't really have a knack for it. It would take some time. Right. Okay. But you're more at home just drawing more than anything else. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. For sure. I like doing my little thumbnails and everything. Yeah, I think uh, Greg would be drawing anyway, so it's um, yeah helpful to just kind of give him some direction. But, I mean, it's just in general, like, you know, when Greg gets a script or anybody that we work with gets a script, it's just kind of like a guidepost to give you an idea of what direction to go in. But I think it kind of helps because ultimately Greg's telling the story. So however of that framework that we give him, he chooses to. You're saying in general that the cartoonist tells the story. Oh yeah, definitely. Like whoever's the, drawing tells the story in the end. That's like not just me. That's just kind of how it works in comics. You think it ideally. Yeah. I mean, and just in general, I mean, it, somebody can write a plot, but I think the person that's actually telling the story is the person that's putting it on paper. All yeah, the decisions moving, that. Moving all the guys around, like moving their <laughs> arms and their. <laughs> moving know, the little their... guys around. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, that's how I kind of think about cartooning. It's just like posing your little guys on the page. I mean, if Cam was still on, um, shout out to Spectrum, by the way, for uh, getting rid of him. We're, we're very, <laughs> we're very, very thankful for that. Rip. <laughs> uh, your style and approach to drawing is something that's always caught my attention because it's, uh, you know, you have a very specific approach. I think folks who are big Archie fans, for one, constantly point out your work as being, you know, heavily inspired by that particular style and, yeah. I guess, era of cartooning. Yeah. So what are, I guess, could you clarify more a bit about, you know, what your references are and, uh, you know... The types of work or creators or artists that, you know, inspired you in particular in terms of how you approach cartooning? Yeah. I mean, I, I like all the old guys. I really like, uh, I don't know if it's the old approach. The people like, you know, you got to draw to draw a face, you draw a little circle, then put a cross on the face, place the eyes and all that stuff. You build the figure down. It's got to be so many heads high. You start with a stick figure and add tubes to it, build up from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like I like having that uh, that structure there. And Archie was like the kind of the simplest one, mm -hmm. but you you kind of find out it's not really that simple. I, I'm 
I'm not I'm not anywhere near like even the the worst Archie. Yeah, I mean, I get why you're saying that, but I I disagree. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, yeah. You know, I. But uh, you know, it's funny because you're you're saying that those classical fundamentals of cartooning and drawing in general as being an old thing, or you're not sure if it's an old thing. And I don't really see that that much nowadays with cartooning, like modern cartooning, at least with a lot of like a lot of the comics that we see and stuff that is picked up by larger publishers. Uh, I I don't really see that. And I I mean, I guess I can understand the interest in approaching like alternative methods to cartooning and kind of expanding uh, the language, so to speak, of what is and isn't a cartoon. But Mm -hmm. uh, also, I do miss those fundamentals. And so, I think that being the case, seeing your work and how you approach it, I think that's what makes it stand out so much is because now it is so far removed from that approach now. Right. I mean, just look at like Marvel. They don't. They used to have what you what they called the house style. All the other com all the comic companies had house styles. You had to like stick with it. You know, like this is how you draw a head. This is how you draw a body. I like that stuff. The house style method of comic make. Well, you know, even like um, in small press or in alternative comics, I see that you know you had guys that were doing carrying over a lot of those fundamentals from uh, either the big two or just sort of larger known media like that. And now that's segueing more into this sort of freeform avant-garde approach to cartooning and narrative, which I appreciate. Like, you know, that's nice too. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of really, really talented guys that just don't draw like anyone. Right, right, right. And I see what you mean about kind of, you know, how things are different now, because a lot of the, I've been talking to you know, all sorts of retailers and stuff uh, been pushing the book. And a lot of the old timers that I've gotten copies to, you know, just guys who've been selling comics for years say like, oh man, this looks like a real comic book. And I think they connect with something about the newsprint and the, the way everything looks, the aesthetics of the drawings, the colors. And I don't know, it kind of reminds them of a different time. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. No. <laughs> Who's a big fan of Family Guy? Let's talk about Family Guy for the next 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> Cam is. Cam is. Cam He's is a here. huge Family Guy fan. In fact, he has probably the largest collection of uh, Family Guy merch that uh, out of anyone I know personally. Uh, every I've single him, Funko he- Pop. Yeah, every single oh, Funko Pop of Family Guy, every character. Uh, he has the entire Spencer's gift catalog in his closet. Yeah. It's it's really something. Greeting cards with Stewie on it, you know, saying something really, you know, well, oh, Stewie, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, before we go, let's talk a little bit about division of labor and compensation. I feel like that's a topic that we did discuss before a little bit on one of the three versions of this interview. Yeah, I've definitely got stuff to say there. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into that. Uh, you know, having worked with you guys before on Beef Jams, I can attest to the fact that you all take certain things in priority. And one of those things is compensation for your artists. And the reason why I bring that up is because it's so strange to me that that has to be noted. You know what I mean? Like, as a thing that you don't see enough of in comics in general. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's... But it's even a problem at, 
You know, I mean, like, how many publishers do you hear about, you know, either through the grapevine and group chats and stuff or stuff that makes it out to, you know, Twitter or whatever about publishers not paying people. So, you know, that kind of, I think, sets a bad precedent to begin with and just how people are treated by companies. But then when you got individuals who are kind of trying to do their own thing, but, you know, can't obviously draw it and want to work with people. I mean, it. how long does it take to write a comic and how long does it take to draw a comic? <laughs> I'm sorry. What's the matter, Greg? Did you fart? <laughs> no, I just, you guys ever watch uh, Trailer Park Boys? Oh, yeah. Mark, you sound exactly like Ricky. <laughs> Has anyone ever said that to you? Uh, I, <laughs> the fucked up thing is I think I maybe look like Ricky, too. <laughs> you you kind of do. <laughs> you got like the same fashion sense too. Yeah, maybe when we have you back on, we'll get you proper wasted and high, and then you'll really sound like Ricky. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Except not Canadian. Except not Canadian, right? Yes. Bulgakov. But anyway, <laughs> you gotta pay the comic people. Yeah. What about you, Greg? What What are your thoughts on this? Do you think uh, the compensation in most comics is fair, and if not, why? Um, I don't know exactly but I do think it's important. It's a good motivator, and um, you get better quality stuff if it's paid for. Yes, I agree with that, yes. Takes a load off the mind of whoever's collaborating with you. Well, that's uh, that touches on a thing that we did discuss before about you. Uh, you got into doing, you know, sequential art through through this team, right? Like, it, yeah. before that, you were predominantly just drawing for the sake of drawing, you were just doing illustration work and, and pinups and just like, you know, whatever you were fancying at the time. Yeah, I just draw for fun. I've always draw, drawn. Yeah. Yeah. So I know you touched on, you know, prior that transition from going to that to doing sequentials and it being kind of this learning process and having to, you know, figure out the language of the medium compared to doing single still images. So right. w- what was that like? Because I know the, I think one of the first projects that you started doing was on Beef Jams and now we're here at Santos Sisters. What's that journey been like? How's the progress been made? What have you learned, et cetera? What are your thoughts in general on that? Oh, jeez. Well, yeah. I mean, with sequential art, drawing comics, you got to draw a lot of individual compositions, you know? Like, if you struggle with just drawing a single composition, which I, I think I would say that uh, I've never been very good at compositions. I'm more of a doodler, a sketcher kind of guy, you know? So you got to warn- learn to work efficiently. Like we were saying before, when you have the structure of things, those things can move a lot more smoother. It still takes a lot to- a lot of time, but it's not as much time thinking if you have a proper structure in place, you know what I mean? You just kind of apply the equation. Yeah, and I feel like you always kind of approached it very naturally. Like, it seemed to have just come to you very easily. And I know that's not the case. I, I know you, yeah, as you stated before, there were some difficulties and, you know, issues getting used to drawing uh, you know, comic pages compared to single images. But, right. you know, I, I think because of those fundamentals that you have a interest in, uh, I guess we could just call it, you know, old school fundamentals or whatever, uh, that that carried over into your pages. Right, right. I, I don't know that I like reading even your older stuff in Beef Jams. Like it, it I don't see any struggle. Like it all, <laughs> you make it look very easy is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm. Well, hopefully the quality has gotten better. 
I've improved like things like line weight and consistency. I, I, I struggle a lot with consistency from panel to panel. Like sometimes I'd have a good panel and sometimes I'd have a sloppy panel. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, so so it's now now it's like the sloppy panels, I'm I'm trying to bring those up instead of just like saying, ah, I can't figure it out, just maybe no one'll notice. <laughs> if I if I notice, I'm gonna I try to fix it. Yeah. Well, I mean, with Santa Sisters, it's I I think you figured it out. No, from you know, I mean, I'm I'm getting that you're saying that that's not the case. I'm saying as the the reader, yeah, that right, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The most consistency. People most people don't notice your errors. That's true. That's yes, true. but as a reader, the consistency is is there, and uh, I think that there's more of a complexity too compared to the Beef Champs pages. Now you're getting fancy on us. Beef jams. That was like ten years ago. That since I did that, you you've actually JB. You've actually done more beef jams pages than I ever did. That can't be right. Yeah, it's actually true. Is it? Is that true? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Greg's definitely I think leveled up since then in in what he's doing, and I yeah, I definitely think he's got everything down so much tighter in terms of style and approach and everything. So yeah, I think he's in a really good place. Comics down, Pat. Call my shit, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it. I mean, the book is great. Uh, you know, the writing is super sharp and funny, and the art is fucking top notch. I think one of the nice things about Santos Sisters reaching a larger audience now, thanks to, uh, you know, direct-to-market distribution from Floating World, is that I think uh, more and more people will finally, I don't know, catch up with the rest of us in terms of, you know, noticing and enjoying Greg's uh, fine, fine craftsmanship in those pages. Ah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I really think a lot of people have been super supportive in, in getting the word out. And yeah, it's been really awesome. So, hey, thanks everybody who's spread the word so far and supported the book. I mean, yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive And uh, yeah, we're excited to make more. It's really awesome to be working with Floating World. I think it's, you know, compared to kind of some of the experiences you hear about, some of the experiences we've had. Yeah. I think it's a very ideal way of working. And Jason from Floating World is really awesome to work with and supportive. So yeah, we're really happy to be a part of that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I for one, am excited about the next issue of Santos Sisters and to see kind of where this journey takes you guys and uh, hopefully seeing more and more work from you all. Yeah. it's it's a, You guys got a hit on your hands, I think. My main goal is to blow up. And act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> Thanks a lot, JB. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Of course. Of course. All right. Well, um, fellas, where can people find you online if they want to uh, gang stalk you? Um, ideally, just stay the fuck away from me on the internet. But if you absolutely <laughs> have to track me down for whatever reason... It's Cram Backward on Instagram. Uh, I don't fuck with Twitter, but if you want to buy some of my stuff, it's fuckaroundandfindout.bigcartel.com. <laughs> Mark sells dirty haikus on his website. Dirty oh, yeah, haikus. I was going to say, yeah, your, uh, your haiku book that you debuted uh, in Columbus uh, after the retreat was uh, real, really special. <laughs> I didn't say, you know... A lot of people just kind of came up, flipped open to the first page, instantly like closed it, and then 
<laughs> didn't know what to do and just kind of got nervous and uncomfortable. And then I got to tell them about Santo Sisters, which is per- yeah, perfect which transition. Is a huge tonal shift, mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> I would have just locked eyes and smiled and not said anything. <laughs> yeah, I tried that too. It was a hot day. I was kind of out of it anyway. Uh, think, uh, thinking back on it though, actually, that's where we debuted Santo Sisters, and just because I you were tabling next to me, I think you and Cam were the first, you know, like people to officially see Santo Sisters. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. guys were in from the ground floor. Yeah, and it was a hit pretty much immediately. <laughs> I feel yeah, you know, like, no, 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 no. We were stuff. we were fucking. I mean, Cam, I, you. I don't know, Mark. You were there. Like we were vehemently into the book and you know sharing it with the rest of the uh, the groups and 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 everybody else was just like singing praises uh, on that book so nice. yeah, yeah it's it was- not it's not surprising that it's it's picking up speed now oh thanks man cool yeah yeah of course uh you guys have any last words before we uh, get the fuck out of here nope oh yeah greg where can they find you online by the way yeah we didn't get we didn't get that uh greg and fake uh on instagram uh, Greg and Fake dot uh, blogspot dot com, and we also got a big cartel. Also, Greg and Fake. You can Google us. You can Google Santos Sisters. Yeah, just fucking Google it. Jesus Christ. There you go. Yeah, do some work. Or, yeah, listeners. Yeah. yeah. Google God. or Bing or Duck Duck Go. Whatever. That's Jesus. <laughs> Firefox. Netscape. Uh, is it uh, the cutoff time for when people can order this book from their local shops? Is that already passed? Um, I mean, you can go pester them for it because a lot of shops did order it. So there okay. will be copies on shelves and I'm sure you can, you know, add it to your pull list. But the the final order cutoff was on February 4th. So okay. you know, I okay. think for the most part, orders are locked in here. Can you pick up a copy at Floating World directly? You can definitely buy from Floating World directly or from myself or from Greg there and you Fake. Go. Awesome. Okay. And there's also a ton of retailers who support small press who you should definitely buy comics like ours from online. There you go, folks. Uh, fun for the whole family. Get yourself a copy. Get one for the kids, your dog, your aunt, your grandma. Get everyone a copy of Santos Sisters, number one. Uh, when should people expect number two, like end of the year? No, actually, uh, we'll have a couple more for you before the end of the year. Oh, shit. A couple yeah. more. Yeah. As of right now, the couple date- Couple two tree. Oh, couple two tree for sure. The, the date that we have set for the second one is- June, July? No, Something July. Like It'll be out in July. Awesome. Okay. Wow. That's uh, that's surprising. Uh, fuck yeah. 2022, the year of Santos Sisters. Uh, I fucking yeah. love it. That's right. Love it. All right, well, that about does it for this episode of Gutter Boys. I want to thank our guests here, Greg and Fake and Mark Kopernarov or whatever. And uh, you know how it is. Stay gutter. Love you. <laughs>